Hi everyone, welcome to STEPS audio channel. We are very excited to share our content from STEPS events to learn all about the latest trends in startups, digital media, fintech, future tech, and wellness in emerging markets. You can find us on Enagami, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to your favorite channel and we hope you enjoy the content. Hello everyone. Um, thanks Big Hass, it's always fun to work with you. Uh, so I'm Mamta, I'm from Yellow. We are a branding and marketing agency. So we create content for ourselves and for brands that we work with. Aside from that, I also have a podcast channel called Startup Hustle Middle East. So come say hi, we have a booth over there. And I have amazing panelists here. We have, I'll start from there. We have Casey Fitzgerald. She's the senior writer and presenter at Love in Dubai. She must look really familiar to all of you. Um, so it is the social, local, mobile news channel. She's responsible for content creation, storytelling, publishing and engagement on all platforms for Love in Dubai, which is part of Augustus Media. We also have Michelle, uh, who was moderating a panel before. Oh, shaking hands. She is a writer, entrepreneur, and techie. She scaled audiences to millions of global lead readers with her last media startup, The Tempest, and recently with her femtech startup called My Lily. Welcome. Thank you. And we have Panagiotis. I got the name right. Uh, he is the co-founder and CEO of Susurus. The, did I say that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the leading influencer marketing platform in EMEA that helps brands, agencies, and marketers get more customers through influencer collaborations. So excited for the panel. Great. Um, so I want to start with uh, Casey and your experience with Love in Dubai. Mm -hmm. So how do you start and uh, choose the right platform for yourself? Uh, choosing the right platform, I guess, is a difficult question. And it's all about understanding the platform that you're on. So when you jump in, you really need to understand the feed, you need to really, really need to understand the algorithm, and then just be consistent. I think we'll use the word consistent a lot today. Yes. Um, but for us, I mean, we started six years ago when there was a massive push on Facebook. So at that time, uh, we were pushing out articles all through the day, and the reach was huge. Um, but it's been really interesting how social media has evolved and how we've evolved with social media. Um, I guess when we had the website and Facebook, now we have Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, audio platforms. Uh, we, have a mail we have MailChimp, so we send out a daily newsletter every day. And it's about creating the right content for that platform. Mm -hmm. um, so how how we have evolved, we've evolved with the platform. Um, and it's just really interesting because now you might have a piece of news that you put on Facebook, for example, and then you tell it in a total different way. Same story, but you're just totally changing it for TikTok. So choosing the right platform for you, I think it's just uh, something that you feel comfortable with, but also it's about the platform that's growing. And right mm -hmm. now, I think everyone can see the growth in TikTok. Yep. Um, so it's either whatever you're comfortable with or the platform that's growing. And I would push with the platform that's growing because you'll probably feel a sense of accomplishment when you get a million views for like a silly video of a duck walking and then you can move on to something that might be relevant to your platform to your brand or publisher or whatever okay great and what has your experience been with the tempest and uh, my lily has grown tremendously as well uh, over a very short period of time so where do you start 
I think it depends on what you're trying to do at the end of it, right? Like you're building your corner of the internet, and I think that's important to understand at the end of it. Whether you're a brand, whether you're a per like just a person who wants to venture into a different social platform. Uh, I love TikTok. Like the the access that you get is unparalleled, and I think one mistake that a lot of people make is they overthink it. This is not a platform that you have to overthink. It's literally just about creating and getting comfortable with being unfiltered, mm -hmm. right? The, the most visually boring content can somehow do well. So you really just need to understand and just create a lot of content. And I think that's something that people maybe struggle with the idea of, right? They think they need to do all these elaborate plans and content and they need to just, you just need to create a content machine, an engine mm -hmm. at the end of it, right? With The Tempest, what we started off with was two verticals where we focused on family and, and relationships and very personal narratives because that was the gap that we identified, right? We wanted to connect women from around the world and have one platform. Um, and then as traction started picking up and we were building our own audience, so it wasn't, like socials were a way to get traction to our platform and our website initially, mm -hmm. right? But over time, we scaled from there to crossing like, you know, I, I remember like the first um, couple of months where just reaching tens of thousands of readers was the biggest achievement we had, right? But over time, once you crack and understand audience and what people read, and, and that only happens when you create a lot of content and a lot of different types of content, right? Mm -hmm. To understand what people are interested in and what they're sharing, what's actually gonna matter. And, okay. and you have to almost become very tunnel vision around understanding people, but also be disconnected enough to, like your best work may not get the most traction. It may actually rarely be shared. Right. Yeah. So, so disconnecting yourself from being too personally like attached to the numbers, like that, like you have to be sometimes almost mechanical about it. Yeah. Um, but, but where to start? Like start with newsletters. I think that's a very powerful way of um, even owning your own audience, right? Which I think is powerful. TikTok is amazing. Mm -hmm. Whatever platform you choose, and Twitter again, it's super incredible, right? To yeah. build your network and um, even as a brand to have a point of view. So it just depends on what you're trying to do, and at the end of it, just do it. Mm -hmm. And do it often. And, yes. <laughs> and, and don't uh, get too attached to the vanity metrics yes. of likes and engagements. Okay, great. And uh, as brands or content creators are looking for growth, uh, what collaborations do you think Panagiotis are necessary? I mean, aside from influencer marketing, and how do you think that helps brands? In terms of brands, right? Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I have to borrow Casey's words in terms that... Uh, yeah. Consistency is key. Mm -hmm. uh, apart from that, I'd say that uh, depends on uh, uh, who you're selling to, not your target customer. I mean, uh, if uh, you're a brand that appeals to older people, like 40, 45 plus, for example, uh, then Facebook uh, definitely is your platform for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're appealing to younger audiences, uh, then uh, I'm not sure Facebook is a good idea, not even Instagram probably. I think you mm -hmm. definitely go for, uh, for video and TikTok uh, for sure. Uh, mm. So one thing is uh, to know who your customer is, uh, because you have to find them in the relevant platforms. Okay. Uh, apart from that, also uh, consistency. I mm. mean, uh, you can't just uh, uh, post whenever uh, you yeah. remember or whenever you have free time. You have to, to find some time and create content calendar and have a, a whole dedicated team for that. Mm -hmm. uh, but, and do you think that when brands uh, collaborate with influencers, they, they see a big spike in terms of awareness and engagement metrics, but then it dips down when they're not? Do you think it needs to be um, an always-on strategy? 
I mean, of course, uh, depending on uh, the collaboration and the, the influencers, for sure, if it's uh, a great match, of course, they're going to see a spike in numbers and based on, uh, on what's the goal of the collaboration. But, mm. uh, uh, I mean, uh, depending on your budget as well, but uh, you definitely uh, have to, uh, to put it on your mix. I mean, uh, or not in 2016 or 17 anymore. We've seen... Uh, it growing year by year, so uh, it's definitely on uh, on the mix for for established brands as well as for upcoming brands. So, uh, influencer marketing uh, should be a long-term game, not just uh, one-offs and uh, ad hoc collaborations only. Yeah, uh, when we are working with brands as well, it's almost included. Influencer marketing is almost included as an additional media channel. It's just mm -hmm. you know uh, part of the media mix right now. Yeah, just to add on this, uh, I don't think it's. Uh, uh, it's a good idea to try to cut, you know, some budget from PR, uh, some budget uh, from events, uh, make bits and bytes from here and there and try to say, okay, now we've got some, I don't know, $5,000, what can do with influencer marketing? Because uh, this is not a strategy. This is. It should not be enough to talk. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, it's just like saying, uh, okay, now we don't have anything else to do. What uh, what can we post on Facebook and Instagram? Mm. I mean, uh, you're dead if, if you're mm. thinking like that. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely, it's something that's part of the attribution modeling and stuff, and it does contribute to conversions in some way or the or the other. If it's the right partnership for both the brand and for the influencer. So we've spoken from a content creator point of view. Uh, what do you think the audience is looking for um, on these specific platforms? What do you, how do you feel responsible for the audience uh, in terms of content? Casey? Um, in terms this of isn't one of the <laughs> predefined questions. <laughs> well, what is the audience looking for? But it's not really about what the audience is looking for. It's about what you're creating, whether it, um, it's relevant to them. So. Uh, they are going to be on a specific platform. They're not looking for you, they're going to be on the platform that they want to be on, and you need to, I guess, experiment with your content to reach them. Um, which is why I think TikTok is so great, because it's kind of allowing experimentation at the moment, and we don't need to be strict with feeds and algorithms because there's no rules around it. Um, people can just be more experimentative. So uh, it's about, I guess, hate to use the word authentic. Um, <laughs> yeah, we hate that word, <laughs> but, but it's important. But yeah. it's a point, it's about um, uh, being real to what your brand is and then trying to storytell uh, on the platform that people are on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, what about you? What do you think the audience is looking for? Everything. Okay. Like I, I love Content hungry. <laughs> I, I, I love mindless scrolling on TikTok. It's one of my favorite things. And I love that TikTok just knows what I want because, okay, sure. Oh my God, that take, algorithm. <laughs> it's too take, good. Take my privacy, give me good content. Yes, um, yeah. I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> but no, but I think, like, for a platform like TikTok, I'll give you one example, right? We realized there was a lack of educational content when it came to young girls and women. So we started with that. And we realized it was doing very well because people were really interested. Young girls started asking us questions. And we literally, started with like one part of it which was and and you know this might be weird but people love watching videos which have pads in them we like literally so anything that we put out we would have the same visual and we had paint on them and for some reason people loved watching those videos so you have to crack the visual side for a platform like TikTok and then you put in the informational content because you have to understand how people are consuming content and really customize it to that right and it didn't take a lot of like fancy equipment or cameras or none of that it was very basic like I took my acrylic and watercolors 
raid and I was just mixing it up together with our team and we literally created it like within, I don't know, an hour or something, right? But batch creating content is important. Mm -hmm. um, on a platform like Twitter, um, threads do so well. If, if they're good threads, if there's a story, you have to understand storytelling, you have to understand that you're quite literally like creating something like, and at the end of it, if you're not interested in the content you're creating, why do you think someone else is gonna be? Yeah. You know, so you have to sort of develop almost and curate your own taste as well. And I think that's a good starting point. Like, figure out what you enjoy because it's going to be easier. But second, look at what works because mm. it's not just about what you enjoy. It also has to be around what does well, right? And that means being on top of it. And you will have to put on the work in terms of figuring out what's trending, what sounds are trending, you know, visually what you can do better. And it is so much of experimentation, but that's what pays off. Unless you do that, you're really like, there will be one hit wonders, but it's not even about going viral. It's about creating consistent content over time and, and building your like audience. your, like again, yeah. your corner of the internet, right? Yeah. What is your space? If yeah. you can't define that, I think it's going to be difficult to kind of have it consistent and to keep growing over time. Yeah, I think TikTok is also an interesting one because we were speaking to the ad team and, and the creator team of TikTok and they were saying it, it really is a truly immersive environment because when people are on TikTok, they're not second screening. They are truly engaged because it's visual but also sound plays a massive role in, in TikTok. So as I'm learning about the platform as well, it is also looking at trending sounds. Um, I uh, saw this uh, saw this on my uh, FYP which was uh, someone commented, uh, someone created one video twice, was doing A-B testing and said comment if you've seen this version versus that one. And I went back and I saw version two and it was pretty much the same. And I was like, this is an interesting way to really experiment with a platform, you know? Absolutely. One thing I do want to add on, right? I think there's a misconception that long form content doesn't do well, but I think if you can build an audience where you're building even their own tastes, right? You just have to find and get to your audience. There will be people who still enjoy longer newsletters that enjoy personal narratives. Like you just have to find your corner of the internet and, and you know, build that out. I think that's the real trick here. And that's what most people struggle with. Yeah, for sure. I think that uh, with our podcast as well, our episodes are around 40, 45 minutes long. And we've gotten feedback that, uh, oh, maybe they need to be a bit shorter. But we look at content that we consume and, and podcasts that we listen to and and they are long and to get into uh, the story and the learnings and the findings of, of an entrepreneur and their experience, it takes time. So so we haven't compromised on the duration and that's fine because we know our audience truly wants to learn and truly cares about that, you know? So I think that's interesting. Um, okay, uh, oh, another question for you, Casey. <laughs> so, um, I mean, aside from like experimenting and, and trying out different techniques, finding the right platform, it's a lot of work to create content. So. How do you scale content without compromising on quality? Um, with, with Loving Dubai, how have you achieved that? I think for us, and I think for everyone, um, uh, scaling can be quite daunting because you think, and I think you touched on this already, that you have to create a lot of content. Um, we churn out heaps and heaps of content, but it's not necessarily all entirely new because what we can do is repurpose it for each individual platform. But um, most importantly, um, the key is to start with a base of like something that you're really proud of and whatever works for you, but for us it might be one strong article or one strong interview. And then you kind of roll from there. So for example, if we have an interview in the morning, then it's like, okay, how can we put that on TikTok that's going to be good for TikTok? And because it went live across different channels, 
and we put it live because the platforms like lives and they'll uh, boost engagement on that. But we're not necessarily going to put it on the feed because on it Instagram feed, people aren't consuming long interviews. Yeah. But we'll put like a 30 second clip on the feed with a strong headline and title. So um, it's about like having a basic one thing that you're really proud of, whatever works for you, and then putting out little micro bits of content on all the platforms. But uh, as long as you can like start with that machine and roll that out, um, work smart, not hard, I think. Yeah, yeah. make one piece of content work as hard as possible. Yeah, uh, yeah Gary Vee does that really well, right? Where it's like, my one speech is going to be produced into like 30,000 pieces of content and tweets and everything. And it works. So, and, and it really mm. works for him, yeah. So um, from a brand point of view as well, uh, Panagiotis, so when uh, a brand is looking to collaborate with an influencer, um, do they also uh, create one piece of content that is then used for paid media is then repurposed in uh, in several ways to maximize the partnership or is it a very defined scope of work when working with it's uh, depends depends uh, on the client on the influencer on the type of partnership I mean uh, it used to be that uh, Instagram content could be shared on Facebook pages, but uh, nowadays I don't uh, think that's uh, mm -hmm. that's the case anymore because uh, you know, at least for influencer marketing, Facebook uh, is not relevant. I mean, uh, you can't see any new creators uh, trying to create a Facebook page, or even the ones that uh, have an existing audience uh, put that much effort into it. Uh, no, I think. Uh, uh, you create, uh, in terms of influencer marketing, it's uh, different uh, content per channel because these are completely different channels. I mean, even if you're talking about video, it's a completely different format for Instagram in comparison uh, to YouTube. So mm -hmm. uh, it has to be tailor-made. Uh, the best thing is that uh, the brand should have an idea, uh, a clear concept of uh, what they want to communicate, and mm -hmm. then it should be um, uh, chosen... Uh, along with the influencer on uh, because they can put their input uh, since they know their audience is based on uh, what should work. I mean, it's quite a common case that, uh, you know, some brands uh, come up uh, with an idea for uh, some deliverables in a platform, let's say for Instagram, and then uh, you see creators saying, you know, uh, this type of uh, content or the info that uh, want to pass through this partnership maybe could be a better idea to, to be embedded in a YouTube video, for example. Okay, okay. great. Um, but do you think that uh, viewers trust influencers? Uh, even uh, if it wasn't I mean, the case. I, I buy a lot of things because I see it uh, uh, on influencers. But, uh, but it's a question because um, you mentioned the cancel influencer trend that, that happened because mm -hmm. of some, uh, you know, raunchy news that came out and mm -hmm. stuff. So what are brands do? Uh, what is the responsibility of brands when looking for partnerships with influencers? Uh -huh. And you ask something before that, before the responsibility? No, uh, because of the cancel mm -hmm. influencers mm -hmm. trend that happened in Greece, is that right? Mm -hmm. um, so what do you think brands can learn from that when they're looking into partnerships with influencers? Um, from, from that whole incident that happened? Uh, it's, uh, it's quite a process to actually uh, vet uh, the right influencers for, um, to match your brand. I mean, one thing for sure is data. Uh, mm -hmm. You have to find influencers that their audience is relevant to yours. I mean, uh, 
uh, if your audience is uh, younger ages, uh, 13, 17, 18 to 24, you have to find influencers that do have that Appeals audience. to that, yeah. And yeah. if we're talking for a certain gender, if it's only female or only male and stuff like that. Apart from that, it's also, uh, you have to see how the influencers perform in general in terms of engagement and reads of their posts. Mm -hmm. uh, also, a little bit more intelligent, uh, you see engagement, but uh, if you see terms of comments, are they any relevant to the brand? Yeah. Or are they, oh, you're awesome, you're great, you're looking good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, quality matters uh, on that. And uh, apart from... Uh, uh, from the metrics, uh, uh, you have to, to check that if the influencer uh, represents the value that you as a brand uh, represent. I mean, mm. um, you know, as a brand, uh, you stand for certain things and mm. purposes. You have to find influencers uh, that really fit into that. And uh, you, you can't just do that by scrolling and seeing the latest uh, 10 or 15 TikTok videos or Instagram yeah. posts. You have, you to have to, to be You have to be a little bit, to do a little bit more uh, research, uh, see how how these people talk, behave, uh, see on the news, uh, if you notice any negative patterns. I mean, uh, of course, there, there is a risk that uh, you do the, all the background check and then uh, something it bad happens. Uh, if you're better prepared, you you minimize that risk. But I think I think in terms of the cancel culture, like it does happen, and then mm. that there's ways to be prepared. Yeah. Um, and it's something that everyone has to learn because uh, everyone makes mistakes, whether it's brands or publishers uh, or personalities, influencers. You all do. So it's yeah. how you then take deal responsibility with it. for it. Yeah. And it's so important to like take the ownership and take the responsibility. Own for responsibility. Nav yeah. Navigating yeah. it can be really tricky, right? But oh, I, I'm not sure if we can hear you. Oh wait, is this yeah. better? Yeah. Uh, I'm saying navigating that can be really tricky, right, sometimes, because with cancel culture, I think everyone is constantly expected to be well-informed on the optics of what is right and what's wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really difficult. Like, we need to be more human about how we treat people. Yeah. Everyone can make mistakes, but if we can't, like, the way things are going on on the internet, I, I don't, I, I think the future is going to be really, really um, scary because it's not that people are going to change how they think. They're just not going to want to show certain bits of how they think. Mm -hmm. You know, if everyone... Because they're too scared of cancel because culture. Because they want to sound mm. right. And they want to sound... They want to be PC. Yeah, yeah they want to resonate with, you know, what's going to look better than what they actually feel. And so what we're doing is we're not really having difficult conversations. I don't think we are going to have engaging conversations or anything we're learning from. Everyone's going to be too focused on what sounds right and what looks right, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's harmful. It's dangerous. So we need to talk about this. Yeah, but you also see that uh, content creators that are growing are uh, being real and being authentic and uh, that word again. <laughs> um, and, and really sharing their experiences with uh, hashtag no filter. And those are performing well because, because people are yearning for because the truth. There's works. so much crap out there. It, yeah. it, it, because that's Basically. what works, right? I think people are sick of being sold to. They want to yeah. see real people, real conversations and vulnerability. And I'm not saying that's everybody because, of course, there's going to be people who like seeing that perfect side. But I think at the end of it, everyone does want to be informed, inspired, or entertained, right? Mm. And so it, it really depends on what you're trying to do. But at the end of it, like people are sick of constantly being sold to from every part of the internet. Yeah. So if you stop that, I think, you know, what makes an influencer, I don't even like the word influencer, yeah, yeah. it's sad that it's been, that's it's, kind of it's like the reputation like this word yeah. has. Right, yeah. but I, I think people trust key opinion leader. Yeah, 
I've heard that too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't control yeah. how my face looks <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I've no, heard that but, from times. But yeah. I think with creators, a lot of it has to do with um, sometimes like being more specific and intentional is better because your audience trusts you more. If you are selling a different product with a different brand every single month, yeah, what does that mean? Like, how, what's the difference first? And I think second of all, it also is, but this puts creators in a difficult spot because everybody's got to make a living. If this yeah. is your main form of revenue, you're going to have to find a way to make it work, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that's why I think we also see a lot of creators moving towards really wanting to build deeper connections with their audience so that they will want to support them. Yeah, yeah. And, and potentially more like long-term partnerships yes. with brands that they believe in, causes that they believe in, so yeah. that it's aligned from a values point of view as well. Can I add a note on that? Yeah, okay. yeah, sure. In terms Are you going of, to say uh, something about the word? <laughs> no, no. Uh, in terms of the consulting and uh, in general how creators and brands as well should respond, I mean, um, I'm not reinventing the wheel, but uh, authenticity, <laughs> once again, uh, is the key. And I mean, uh, people are experienced nowadays. It's not uh, days of innocence, uh, 2015, 16, or you name it. And everyone it. has a voice. Uh, uh, people, not only that, people uh, can definitely understand uh, what an advertisement looks like. So, uh, I mean, uh, you should, uh, and you know, there are so, the, the resources and the options are unlimited. So you can go to Instagram, to TikTok, to Facebook, Snapchat, uh, you name it. So, um, in order to keep uh, engaged and the attention of the audience, uh, you have to offer some actual value. I mean, uh, here right now, me uh, posing with this and say how amazing uh, this is and I'm enjoying it, this, yeah. uh, this has no value. You have to offer some actual uh, value, and, uh, offer some piece of information that uh, people don't know, yeah. uh, offer them some content for free, mm. or just make them laugh, but uh, just, uh, you know, uh, pause and say, oh, that's perfect, I'm having a great time, I uh, won't, uh, won't, uh, won't get you anywhere. Yeah, yeah, nobody's going to buy into that. Yeah, yeah not, not anymore, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the thing is, uh, to put a final note on that, that uh, most of the brands are still thinking in the old traditional way, in uh, traditional uh, advertising as it was done in, uh, in TV with uh, celebrities, uh, with uh, actresses and uh, uh, big sports athletes and stuff like that. And uh, the thing is that uh, to do a commercial in TV is something completely different uh, from a collaboration with an influencer on, on their channels. Uh, because they have a very certain style and uh, the brands uh, most of the times are very intrusive and try to disrupt that in a way that, uh, that feels so much like an ad, and uh, yeah, and uh, it doesn't, uh, it can't get them anywhere. I mean, it works uh, with celebrities, and celebrities are more comfortable for that, but uh, when we're talking about creators, about YouTube creators or TikTok creators, um, they're very strict about that. Most of them would say, uh, no matter what the pricing is, uh, I won't do that, I want to be, I right. won't betray my audience, I want to put it uh, innately within my feed because uh, they're playing the long-term game. Yeah, yeah. In general, anyway, most people hate advertising, except me, but yeah. Um, okay, we have five minutes left, so I'd just like to, I'd like everyone to answer this question, which is, which platform are you most excited about in terms of potential, and why? Yeah, so Casey, do you want to go first? I use Instagram, and although I don't post on TikTok, I know we've talked about it a lot, but I'm definitely the most excited about it 
because there are still no rules involved. Um, I, th I think TikTok is kind of, kind of obviously it's growing steadily and the numbers are huge now. Um, and I kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of like YouTube back when it started that people didn't pay that much attention to it and obviously it's a generational thing so we were talking previously and it was like uh, are we using it are we posting on it maybe not so much but obviously a, a younger generation to me are um, but we are opening it up we're curious we're scrolling and we're actually kind of seeing the value so it's not just and you talked about you're putting information in your videos you're actually getting a lot of information and let's say for example the Washington Post they have an amazing news channel and they are giving news to a younger audience so um, in terms of uh, being able to be more creative, it's also encouraging creators to be more creative. Um, Facebook has now kind of removed their three-minute push, mm -hmm. so they're also focusing on three-minute rules. They've also just launched Reels here, so everyone is posting on short-form video, and I think that's thanks to TikTok, and I think, uh, yes, there's space for longer-form videos, and yes, there's space for podcasts, obviously, but actually for bite-size content, I think we can thank TikTok for uh, changing, changing for short, yeah, that. <laughs> for short attention spans, but also for changing the game, yeah. because before this we were doing news, but not in a fun way, and uh, now we're telling news in like short, uh, cute ways, yeah. um, and it just, you know, it makes us up our game, so I'm most excited about TikTok. Okay, awesome. I, I as much as I love TikTok, and I will always recommend it for scale, um, I think it's dangerous to be on any one platform completely. You need to diversify, and you need to build an audience, and different audience segments across different channels. I love TikTok because of the unparalleled access to people, right? You can reach so many more people than you can on any other platform, but two things to keep in mind if you do think about it, conversion rates are very low, right? Yeah. So you may have millions of followers, but are they gonna spend and convert and go to other platforms or websites or whatever you're trying to you know, link them to? low conversions. But at the same time, brand recognition. So scaling in numbers, TikTok is great. Um, I, I really like Twitter. I still think it is a great platform depending on which region you're targeting. And I think it can be a great way to build out, you know, whatever point of view you're trying to build out. Um, in this region, there is still an, an active, vibrant Twitter community. Um, but I think at the base of it, like, yeah, TikTok would be my first option. Emails, I think, still so underutilized. Yeah. And yeah, what's Panagiotis that content as said, well? Love in Dubai newsletter, he reads it religiously, yeah. <laughs> but, but at the end of it, like, because our attention spans are getting shorter, like, that's why TikTok works and Reels work, right? Because our attention spans are only going to get shorter, but at the same time, I... We yearn for long stories. <laughs> Yeah, but so I mean, true. yeah, and, and again, right? yeah. It, 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 yeah, so TikTok, definitely number one, Twitter, number two, and um, I still think Meta, so if you're trying to reach an older audience, like Meta, Facebook uh, still works, and Instagram works too. I think Instagram works really well for conversions. Now I think people are using Instagram a bit for discovery, but uh, I, th I think in terms of conversions, we've seen really good uh, results when it comes to beauty, fashion, And depending on food. the region, even in this region, right? Like Saudi markets and the UAE, like very different, very different. ways of consumption and what people are using. And yeah, Snapchat, YouTube is huge like in Saudi. Is yeah. Yeah. So is Snapchat, right? So. Yeah. And I don't want to take away from Instagram because I actually think what TikTok has done is amazing is that it's actually created its own space and it will never overtake Instagram for what it does, but it's just created a new space. So it's a new platform that people can choose from. And Instagram is trying to be like TikTok with reels and stuff. <laughs> Instagram's so. trying to be it's anything trying to be really. everything. <laughs> it's trying to be Where's everything. Yeah. Meta is trying to be everything. Meta is trying to be everything. And the main yes. vehicle is Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And WhatsApp? 
Yeah. I, I, I think that there's something there too. So, yeah. Great. Uh, so we have one minute, 30 seconds left. If nobody has any questions. Uh, okay, we're not allowed to. Okay. <laughs> we're not allowed to. Uh, but thank you so much for being a part of this panel. Uh, so key takeaways for all, we're all content creators, either we're doing it for ourselves or for the brands that we work with. Uh, consistency, very, very important. Experimentation, keep trying different things, keep painting on pads, that, that's, that's what worked <laughs> for my Lily. Keep experimenting with that. And if you're struggling, uh, a quick and easy way to reach an audience, uh, but also a long-term always-on strategy is to collaborate with influencers and find the way that you like to tell stories. If you like to tell stories, through audio, then start a podcast. If you like to tell story in bite-sized content, go for it, be on TikTok. I mean, I saw the live at the Museum of the Future, uh, live on TikTok, and it was insane yesterday. So it's incredible that that live was happening on TikTok. But uh, yeah, thank you very can, much. Can I add one last thing? Oh, sorry, sorry, yes, mind. one yeah. takeaway. I mean, it's not even a quote of mine, but uh, regarding brands, I think, I'm not sure even who said that, but brands nowadays are not what they are telling the consumers they are. It's what consumers tell each other they are. So they should definitely have that in mind in how they uh, pose themselves in front of them. Definitely, definitely. Great. Awesome. Thank you Thank so you. much. Oh, just on time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. You can find our content on Anagami, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Step Conference and let's stay in touch.